Welcome back to the Policy Viz podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. On this week's episode, we're actually going to go into data at the state level, how people use data and communicate data from the state agency level. So I'm very happy to have on the show Cambria Brown, who's a data specialist at the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Um, Cambria, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, how are you doing in lovely Colorado? Uh, I'm good. We've had actually a nice mild August, which is unusual. Normally, it's really hot in August. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, it, we've had the same thing here in D.C. It's actually been lovely. So really no complaints weather-wise. Um, <laughs> data-wise, I'm hoping we don't have many complaints. Um, so we've spoken a lot the last uh, few months. I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about the projects that you're doing over there and the responsibilities you have when it comes to communicating state-level data. So can we start by having you talk a little bit about yourself so people get a sense of you know, your background and your role and, and what it means to create visualizations and dashboards at a state agency? Yes, definitely. So I have my master's in public health and epidemiology and biostatistics. So I went to school um, to really learn the ins and outs of uh, how to analyze health-related survey data and clinical data. And then I worked um, for a national research group that did uh, data analysis from national survey data on children, youth, and families. Um, and I spent about three years taking national survey data and analyzing it and then just making it available and approachable to a variety of audiences. So anywhere from family advocates to researchers to policymakers to, um, and doctors. Um, so it was really fun because... It was really the start to finish of like collecting the data, developing surveys, um, taking the raw numbers, weighting them to reflect the population, and then making it digestible for all those audiences that I already mentioned. Um, and now for the past actually four and a half years, I don't know where all that time went, um, <laughs> I've worked for the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. And so I work in an office called the Office of Planning Partnerships and Improvement. Um, and for my first couple years in the office, my role was to really work on statewide public health assessment and public health improvement planning. So what we did was take data, um, look at this, the state of Colorado in terms of how does our population look um, in terms of the various factors that we know influence health. So everything from like um, income and education and housing, health behaviors and then health outcomes. So I worked on creating it was a few years ago, but the giant report, like a static data report of that was our statewide health assessment, which we then used to develop our statewide public health improvement plan. And those are really things that we work on with our partner agencies to look at what are the priority needs in Colorado? What are the issues that are facing our population and how are we going to work to address these issues? So that's mm -hmm. just what we do in public health, we say. What does the population need and how are we going to make it better? And then you hope five years later, you've made some kind of a dent and then there's different needs of the population only. Normally, it's more like 10 to 20 years. But right. um, so and now I've really shifted to looking more internally. So I'm as the data specialist, I would do what's called performance management. And that's basically just what we call business intelligence um, as a government agency. And we're not very good at doing that. We're really good at pushing data out. We have a ton of data, but um, we have a ton of data requests from stakeholders and from the governor's office and from the Office of State Planning and Budgeting. But we aren't very good at saying, here's some metrics that are important to me, my division, my program. Uh, we're going to look at them on a regular basis and use them to 
make decisions about, you know, here's our workload or here's um, some processes we need to improve. We're not very good at that at all. So what I'm doing is working at all levels of the department, everywhere from our department-wide um, strategic plan down to the division branch program level to say, let me help you think about some metrics that are important for you to look at a regular basis, visualize them so that you have a place to go to see how things look and make adjustments or make decisions accordingly, have those conversations. So it's really interesting because in some ways it's backwards of how a lot of places work where they don't do the public communication very well. They figure out how to talk to each other, but not how to get information or data out. And it sounds like it's sort of the opposite there where there's been a big emphasis or, or, concentration on doing a good job of getting information out to the public, but not so much of analysts talking to each other, understanding their data um, better. So that's really fascinating. So when you are talking to agencies and talking to analysts um, and managers and saying, okay, here's a better way, do you get a lot of pushback? I mean, what's the culture like? And what does it take for someone like you to come in and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to improve the way we do this internally? So it really varies because we're a really big department and we have um, different programs that are at different levels of their kind of sophistication with using data. So we actually have an entire data division and they're they're pretty good at it. They, they like to find innovative ways of communicating their data. Um, they're a little resistant to the external view in terms of like they know data. They don't really want our office coming in and saying, here's what we think you should do. So we don't because... They, they do it really well. They don't need our help. Mm -hmm. um, then we have some divisions that like are the polar opposite. They have so much data, for example, um, permitting programs that collect a bunch of information about water permits or waste, per, waste permitting. And they need to collect that, but they, they kind of just sit on it. I mean, they do use it, but they're not in the practice of using it regularly right. or at all. And so, um, or if they do, they really like their system of like, well, he sends me the numbers, I enter it in the Excel spreadsheet, and I really like my pie charts, and I don't want anything, you know, from yeah, them. Yeah, so yeah. everywhere in between where some people see what we're offering, and they just jump and they say, yes, please, we want you to help with this and this, and that's great, and I really like that. And so it's really the whole gamut. Um, but what we've really, the approach we've taken to make this culture shift is really starting with the people, the middle group, the people that do want the help, the people that see the value. Um, and then with the hopes, like you and I've talked about before, that that will spread from there. So, so that you, you do those, those kind of low hanging fruit examples, you, you create some products that really almost kind of blow people's minds in terms yeah. of not even realizing how approachable and how easy data can be to access. And then you hope that the others kind of come along later. And there's, there's a lot of people who work with data at the department, but I'm really the only person doing this internal data visualization. So there's more, way more work than one person can do. So I don't, you know, I just start with the people who want the help and, and it really has grown from there. I've only been doing it for a little over a year and um, I can't believe how much progress we've made. So how did you get, interested in doing data visualization as sort of your primary responsibility and like being the person in some ways whose job it is to like spread the gospel and get all these people to buy into it because i like it <laughs> <laughs> um right. no but that really is what happens so we needed a way to track that plan that i was talking about earlier yeah. that public improvement plan so and then the data division needed a better tool for communicating um 
all they they have a ton of data, survey data, vital records data, and so they wanted a better tool for their external website. Mm-hmm. So they've been exploring Tableau, and they kind of demonstrated to us how we could also implement Tableau for plan tracking. And I had that experience um, as a biostatistician working with like statistical analysis programs, but I hadn't gotten to do that for a few years. So then learning Tableau and kind of getting to use that part of my brain a little bit, mm-hmm. like not not like I'm doing multivariate analysis or anything, but it's, it's still a similar skill set. I just really, I just took it on. I really liked it. Uh, People saw the products and they were like, it just grew very organic. It was like, I started, I learned, I looked for opportunities and now we were looking also for performance management system. Um, Mm. So there's a lot of products that are just performance management. So as opposed to data visualizations, we consider that, um, but just with the way that we saw Tableau could meet a variety of needs, I just kind of saw the potential and took it and ran. And we, I work for a small office, so state government isn't really thought of as particularly agile. But um, And we're not as a department of 1,300 people. We're not <laughs> agile. But my little office of 10 is really nice and agile and can be has that flexibility to be innovative. So luckily, my director saw the potential as well. And just kind of created the environment for me to take it and work, run. So helped create this structure for we're meeting with everyone regularly. We're demonstrating what we can do. And then um, we've also created what we call performance reporting forums so that uh, we each division reports once a year and we report on how we're doing on the strategic plan as well. And all staff are invited. So it's been a great way to demonstrate the work and we get a lot of other, you know, we were able to promote it that way as yeah. well. And, so, so I'm guessing that a lot of the people in, in the agency as a whole are Excel users or maybe their own statistical programs like State or SPSS or whatever it is. But it sounds like mostly Excel. So when you come in and say, we have this new tool and, you know, you can create this interactive thing or you create this visualization, you know, it's a little bit easier to do in Tableau than it is in Excel. I guess my question is, do people push back because they don't want to learn a new tool or are they pushing back just on the, like, the philosophy of, no, no, no. This is how I've always done it. I get the data, I type it in, or I always make my, like you said earlier, I make my pie chart and I don't want to try something new. Or is it more of a tool uh, constraint? Like, I don't want to have to learn a whole new tool. Or is it both? So, my guess is that's going to be a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> well, the learning the new tool part, the way we sell it is I say I'll do it for you. So ah. we do have a lot of other Tableau developers um, mm-hmm. who have external needs. There's probably about 20 or 30 people in the department who have Tableau licenses. But for this internal need, I'm the only one really doing it. So unless they have someone in their program who has, who knows Tableau, we typically say, we'll do it for you. Right, right, right. So the learning part really isn't a barrier. I would say the barriers are either, I like my process. I don't see the value add of, like, I have everything already set up. I'm used to the system. I don't really need you to recreate it in a more automated way. Um, or there's people, you know, there's people who've been at the department for 20 to 30 years who have seen a lot of like, Oh, the brand new shiny tool yeah. and it doesn't on. So they're like, they just think we're selling the brand new shiny tool. That's going to be gone in a year. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not going to let this one go away. It has too much. <laughs> I mean, regardless of what the actual software is having a data visualization software like this, um, right. It's not going to go away. And then the other thing is sometimes they just, it just takes a while to get there because it's so, so, you know, if you have your database, the access database, and you're so used to like having someone on your staff, pull the numbers for you, put in a spreadsheet, you put in your own, like you're so used to that process. 
you don't even think about the fact of like, you don't even, you just connect Tableau directly to the access database, do your calculations. Like it's just completely automated and it's just so different from what they're used to that sometimes it's just a good 10 minute conversation to get them to realize it. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I am interested in that. They just, they don't see that first. Yeah. 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 No, that's really interesting. I, I, I had a similar discovery a few days ago when I was talking to someone, they just had a table and I said, well, and they wanted to, you know, do the sparkly thing. I said, what if we just did spark lines so you could see these little trends? Like, Oh yeah. I bet no one does that to like look and graph the numbers. Um, and changing the way people think is, is, is interesting. And one of the biggest challenges. Um, I also wanted to get your uh, thoughts on data visualization as a field because um, you've been working with data for a long time, but I get the sense that like the, you're relatively new to the field of data visualization as a field. So are there particular challenges that you face personally, both, I guess, the community and how um, you approach the task of visualizing data? Yeah, so you're right. I am relatively new. I used to just call it data communication, and I didn't really know it was a field. Uh, yeah. I, it's been really nice to learn that it's a field to learn about the resources. Mm. The second I learn about a best practice, I just feel like I just grab onto it and start implementing it right away. So it's been really nice to like see people's examples. Um, a challenge. <laughs> I don't know if this has to do with data visualization, but I really like the development and the creative phase of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not great at, um, once I finish a project, I'm just like, want to move on to the next thing. I'm not great at promoting it and doing that really. Let's get it out there. Let's get feedback. Let's make sure that it's meeting people's needs because I've, there's so much to do. And I get so excited yeah. for this creative phase. Not that I want to do those iterations too. I just not super intentional about getting that feedback and making, you know, which is a really important part of data visualization. You know, yeah. you can implement all the best practices, but if your audience isn't getting the information they need from your product, You know, it sounds like a lot of the people that you're working with are internal. If their workflow is a little bit easier, um, if they're doing a better job analyzing the data because they can see it in a better way. I mean, we could always solicit feedback, I guess. But I guess your audience is is in some ways different than a lot of people who, you know, they're trying to get stuff public facing and get lots of feedback where you're enabling people to do better work, which is exciting. I think it's true. But I also, you know, I'll build a dashboard because... I have to because their performance reporting form is coming up and they're like, Oh, this is great. And then they forget to go use it. And they're like, Oh, I use these metrics all the time, but I I just, I still get them from my spreadsheet. (laughs) And so that (laughs) it's still a big cultural shift of like, we do need that internal feedback to make sure that that's the place they're going. We know the information that they want is there. They just, it's still not always the place they're going to get it. So do you think there's a piece that's missing? Because it seems like you're there. Like, I feel like you have, filled all of like the holes that I've I, like I can think of right like you've taken down the barrier of like having to learn a new tool because you're doing it for them you're like going to their office and showing them a better way and yet some people still aren't doing it is it a management thing like does there still need to be like a carrot and a stick sort of thing or is it just like just it's one of those things where it just takes time I think it is somewhat of a management thing I think mm-hmm. when you have like management at all levels saying this is really important to do I think that helps a ton and we don't have that. So we have management within some programs and some levels that are taking and running. And they they like buy me gift cards because they're so excited about what I made them. And they're like, we were able to have all these conversations at our meeting that we never been able to have before just because we couldn't see it. Like we couldn't see in front of us. 
And so it's just the gamut. And I've probably been overemphasizing the kind of the resistors, but there's plenty of people where it really has taken off and they're yeah. just, they're chomping at the bit and are so grateful for how, how much we've been able to like advance their work by just putting the information they need in front of them in a digestible way. Mm -hmm. For the successes, did they now turn around and say, oh, the stuff that we're putting out publicly, we can improve that? Have they, are they now starting to think about like the external part? Yes, definitely. So um, I and I actually I haven't talked about it much, but I actually get a lot of requests for those external reports, too. And that's not my primary job. But mm -hmm. luckily, I have flexibility to take on those projects. So I've done several um, of those external reports, too. And that is largely grown from these internal conversations. They're like, well, what I really need right now is I have this emissions inventory report that I need to get out there. Can can you help build that? And yeah, uh, so they do see the potential and then want to improve the external stuff. And it's not just me. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing all the work for the whole department. It's a lot of the other developers to see yeah. it and then want to emulate. And we also, we brought in um, some people to do a training on best practices and data visualization last summer. And we had a ton of interest in that. And so I do think, especially among some of the newer employees, <laughs> that, that there's a lot of interest there. Yeah, yeah. They, That's they, great. They That's it. great. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, public pieces you have out because there's some really uh, interesting uses of Tableau that at least the, you know, the database folks that I watch and, and learn from, I don't, you know, sort of a different take. So I want to talk, you have a, a health profile visualization that you use for the state. Um, can you talk a little bit about that one to start? And then there's another one that you did on suicides in Colorado that I thought was really cool too. Cool yeah. for the technique, not for the topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the health profile one is, is really interesting. So can you talk a little bit about that one and both the, you know, the background design of it and then, and then the goals of, of the communication side of it? Definitely. So we struggle. So, so we're again, a big department, um, on the public health side, we have a lot of different public health programs that are working to, um, impact similar issues, but are funded through different funding streams. So what happens is you have one program that's, that's working on mental health promotion and another program that's working on youth substance abuse prevention and another one that's working on youth tobacco prevention. And they all, all their funding comes from different funding streams from the, from the federal government. Right. So then they push that funding out to locals, all these different funding streams. And by locals, I mean local public health, which is one of our primary partners. Well, local public health is actually, most of the agencies are relatively small. And so they get all these different funding streams, but they use it to implement, to do similar types of work. Like they kind of braid the funds together to do a cohesive program. But we don't get that picture at the state because we're very siloed. There's a tobacco program and there's, you know, there's all these different programs. And so even though we're all working with the same communities. So I've heard it ever since I started four and a half years ago that it's like, it, we just need a better picture of which communities have which grants, what projects are they working on, um, so that us, we provide technical assistance, not me, but people at the state provide technical assistance so that they can get that better picture and provide that support, or, or also so that we can see where the gaps are. So maybe there's certain parts of the state that have, you know, three or four different funding streams to work in a, the same kind of issue area, and other parts of the state that don't have any funding to work in that issue area. And we just have never had a good way to get that just take that step back and look outside the program, just within the program walls. Um, so I had seen all over, so people had created Excel spreadsheets mapping different things together. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take everyone's Excel spreadsheets, reformat them a little bit, put it in Tableau. And instead of having like six different 
concept maps in Excel. We're going right. to put it all in Tableau. You select your community and you can see what funding streams do they have? What, what are they working on? With, for, what are they using that money for um, across the different funding streams? So someone from each one can go and get that global view for the communities that they're working with. So, right. and it, that actually, I don't know. I just was like, it's not really data visualization. I'm just using Tableau as a tool to pull in more mm-hmm. actual narrative um, information from, I think I have a good seven or eight different Google sheets that, that populate it. And right now it only covers about four different programs but I have had, we've, I, this is one actually I have been promoting. And so every time I show it to someone, they're like, I want all my programs on here. So I'm actually, <laughs> exp- it's great. I'm like, this is exactly like the vision was for it to be more comprehensive. I just started with the information I re- had readily available. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actively adding a good eight, eight or 12 more programs to that profile. So it's even more comprehensive. Wow. wow. That's great. So that that's, one's great. Been, that's been a really good success. Yeah, that's a great one. I'll, I'll link that one on the on the show page. Um, the other one I wanted to ask you about was the suicides uh, dashboard visualization piece. And this is actually how we got in touch. Uh, a friend of mine in Colorado works on this at the Denver Hospital on suicides and, and gun prevention. So I was curious about, about that piece. You just want to talk about it a little bit. Yes. So that one came, was one of those products that came from when we had that internal performance management meeting with that program. Mm-hmm. And um, afterwards, one of the people just chatted with me of like, would this be a good use for Tableau? And I was like, yes, this would be a great use for Tableau because we have a high suicide rate in Colorado, one of the highest in the nation. We have just a lot of initiatives to try to make a dent in that. And despite all the work that's being done, the rate just continues to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like a Colorado suicide collaborative that really hadn't wanted to get the data to tell a better story. So they had been working with a series of like 12 or 14 maps and each one was a static separate PDF map of here's suicide by age, here's suicide by county. And like, it was just hard to get that global picture of like, really, where is the burden? Um, yeah. So I just worked with the data expert, uh, Ethan Jamison, who is really knew the ins and outs of the actual data sources. Um, and I did the visualization side and we created like a three tab profile that really just helps people working in suicide prevention identify where the burden is, what populations are being most effective, just really readily, whether they're working at the state or county level. And then also you're able to drill in to see what are the industry and occupation of those, mm-hmm. where those suicides are, so that you can really target your efforts. So actually in Colorado, we see a huge chunk of the suicides are actually among middle-aged men working in the construction industry. Mm. Well, that's huge to know because um, – now you can have you can more target those groups. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, but that's not necessarily true for every community. So yeah. it's true as a state, but each community can look and see really right. what populations that they target. Right. So as you're, as you're going around the agency, does this happen all the time where you're like, Ooh, that's really cool data. I wish I had an extra three days to like make a really cool viz, but we got to move on to the next thing. <laughs> What sorry? What do you like for these external reports? Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, it seems like you know, there's there's 1,300 people or so, and and you're working with a good chunk of them. They must have like great data, and every once in a yeah. while, there must be something where you're like, ooh, this would make a really cool visualization, but I have to make you this dashboard and go on to the next project. Oh gosh, that is the story of my life. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like the internal stuff, but the, yeah. I'm, that's, I mean, my, I think that's like why my director let, not lets because she's, lets isn't quite the right word, but supports me doing these external projects because it's much more interesting because mostly yeah. otherwise I'm just making run charts. Yeah. Right, 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 <laughs> it gets right. A little, it's right. fun, but it also gets a little old. So. Well, hopefully the success will keep going upwards and they'll let you uh, hire someone. You can build your own team and you can start to farm out the, the boring stuff and you can work on the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just, um, you know, we have a user group. So also just, you know, a lot yeah. of it's supporting other people to do right. the fun stuff, which is right. good. Even if I have a little bit of like data viz envy sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I think we all have that. Yeah. Um, great. Camber, this is, uh, this has been really interesting. Um, it's really exciting to hear how you're changing the, the data culture there um, in Colorado. So uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. If you have comments or questions, please do let me know. And please do rate or review the show on your favorite podcast provider. So until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.